Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, brothers and sisters. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our time of prayer and scripture reflection. Good to be with you. Feel free to leave your prayer intentions in the comments. Let's pray for each other. Let's pray for our nation. Let's pray for the world. Let's put ourselves now in the presence of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we come into your presence. We know that you are always with us. In you we live and move and have our being. And we are grateful for your word. The word has become flesh and dwells among us. He dwells within us. And now as we read your word, we ask you that we may understand it more deeply, live it more faithfully, and proclaim it more effectively. May we build a culture of life. May we trust in your protection always. And may we learn, Lord God, from the obstacles put in our way. May we learn from the chastisement that you sometimes give us. May we learn that through it all you love us and you are purifying us and you are drawing us closer to yourself and to the eternal salvation that we have in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Our reading today is from the first book of Samuel. The Philistines gathered for an attack on Israel. Israel went out to engage them in battle and camped at Ebenezer, while the Philistines camped at Aphek. The Philistines then drew up in battle formation against Israel. After a fierce struggle, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who slew about 4,000 men on the battlefield. When the troops retired to the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why has the Lord permitted us to be defeated today by the Philistines? Let us fetch the ark of the Lord from Shiloh, that it may go into battle among us, and save us from the grasp of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh and brought from there the ark of the Lord of hosts, who was enthroned upon the cherubim. The two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were with the ark of God. When the ark of the Lord arrived in the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth resounded. The Philistines, hearing the noise of shouting, asked, what can this loud shouting in the camp of the Hebrews mean? On learning that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp, the Philistines were frightened. They said, Gods have come to their camp. They also said, Woe to us! This has never happened before. Woe to us! Who can deliver us from the power of these mighty gods? These are the gods that struck the Egyptians with various plagues and with pestilence. Take courage and be manly, Philistines, otherwise you will become slaves to the Hebrews, as they were your slaves. So fight manfully. The Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated. Every man fled to his own tent. It was a disastrous defeat, in which Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. The ark of God was captured, and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were among the dead. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Ark of the Covenant. 
This was the presence of God on earth. The presence of God. His, his throne, if you will. The Ark of the Covenant was created by the very precise instructions of God. Wooden container that contained the tablets of the Ten Commandments. Some of the manna and the rod of Aaron that had sprouted. The, 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 the Ark contained the sacred objects. And it had accompanied the Israelites into battle before with great victories. It, it, the ark was carried around Jericho when they marched around the city for seven days and then the walls of Jericho fell. The presence of the ark gave them victory in other battles. So the Israelites said, let's bring the ark into, into this battle where the Philistines have already defeated us. Let's go back and fight them with the presence of the ark. So they had reason to do this. What was the mistake that they made? Why did God let them suffer a disastrous defeat? Sometimes this is what God's people go through. It's like God withdraws from his people. It's like he withdraws his strength and protection momentarily. But why? Brothers and sisters, when we read the history of the Old Testament, we see again and again that, well, it's a lesson that we read actually in, in Psalm 78. Why don't I just let the scripture answer the question about the scripture? Uh, psalm 78 is one of the historical psalms. And going uh, down to verse 55, it goes through a lot of, of history here. But it talks about how the Lord, verse 55, drove out nations before them and apportioned for them a possession and settled the tribes of Israel in their tents. And then verse 56 starts to describe the problem. A problem which, in the passage we just read, they at first didn't admit, they didn't recognize. Here's the, here's the problem. Yet they tested and rebelled against the Most High God and did not keep His testimonies but turned away and acted treacherously like their fathers. They twisted like a deceitful bow. For they provoked him to anger with their high places. They moved him to jealousy with their idols. When God heard, he was full of wrath, and he utterly rejected Israel. He forsook his dwelling at Shiloh, the tent where he dwelt among mankind, and delivered his power to captivity, his glory to the hand of the foe. He gave his people over to the sword and vented his wrath on his heritage. Fire devoured their young men and their young women had no marriage song. Their priests fell by the sword and their widows made no lamentation. Now, brothers and sisters, it wasn't a military problem. It wasn't a political miscalculation. It was a spiritual problem. It was a covenant problem. The Lord withdrew his protection, even though they had the ark there among them. Not only did the ark not give them victory in this battle, it itself was captured by the victorious enemy. God was trying to teach his people to get to the root of the problem. He was trying to bring them to repentance. 
He was trying to teach them that if they were not repenting of their sins, the psalm talks about the high places. These were the altars set up to idols. These were the altars at which their sons and daughters were sacrificed by fire. If they practice the deeds of the nations around them, if they break the covenant, this is what can happen to them. And the Lord was trying to say to them, it's not... See, they suffered one defeat, and then they said, well, let's go get the ark. Instead of saying at that moment, yes, we know we have the ark, but what does the ark symbolize? What does it contain? It contains the commandments. Our strength is not simply the physical ark, but what it represents, faithfulness to what it contains, the commandments of God. That's where we find life. The Lord said, you will find life. When he said in Deuteronomy, choose life, I set before your life and death, choose life. He, he didn't say, choose life by, by carrying the ark. He said, choose life by keeping my commandments. The reason the ark is special, the reason it's the presence of God, is that it has those commandments. But they were violating the commandments, and then they thought that they would be saved by having the symbol of the commandments. This happens again and again. You know, the prophet Jeremiah warned about this in his famous temple sermon in Jeremiah 7. You know the temple sermon? The word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah, and he says, beginning of uh, chapter 7, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house, and proclaim there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you men of Judah who enter these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, amend your ways and your deeds, and I will let you dwell in this place. Do not trust in these deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. For if you truly amend your ways and your deeds, if you truly execute justice with one another, if you do not oppress the sojourner, the fatherless, or the widow, or shed innocent blood in this place, in other words, if you don't kill your children, and if you do not go after other gods to your own harm, then I will let you dwell in this place, in the land that I gave of old to your fathers forever. Behold, you trust in deceptive words to no avail. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal, that included the, the, the sacrifice of children, go after gods that you have not known, and then come to stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered? only to go on doing all these abominations? Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? This is what Jesus refers to. Stop turning my father's house into a den of robbers. Behold, I have seen it. I, I, uh, I myself have seen it, declares the Lord. And it's the same thing in our day. Oh, I'm a Catholic. Oh, I, I carry my rosary. Oh, I have the crucifix hanging from the, from the, the, the windshield. Like, this, is what the, this is the problem that people like Biden fall into. Oh, yeah, oh, and Pelosi. Oh, yeah, I'm a practicing Catholic. Yeah, a lot of good that's going to do you if you're violating his commandments. You're shedding innocent blood. They're literally shedding innocent blood, promoting abortion. It's like you're not going to have the protection of God it's, 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 it's the worst form of hypocrisy. I, Isaiah, there's so many scriptures. Isaiah chapter 1, God says, I'm not even, I don't want your sacrifices, your rituals, your ceremonies, your feast days. I don't want your incense. I don't even want to listen to your prayers. Because you're not following my commandments. You're shedding blood instead of preserving life. I don't want to listen. And that's what, that's what the lesson of this, this defeat is. That's the lesson. 
God sometimes brings us to our knees to, 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 to ha help us understand where's the real problem. And you see things go wrong in, in sometimes in elections. We see things go wrong sometimes with these ballot initiatives in the pro-life movement. We see various defeats. God always has everything in His hands. And He always requires us to fight as hard as we can and as smart as we can. But what He also does is He requires us to get to the core of what it is our, that our protection consists of. We have to be faithful to His covenant. And if we're unfaithful, we turn with trusting repentance back to His protection because He doesn't he doesn't abandon us forever, but He will teach us lessons. Sometimes He'll teach us lessons so that we can refine our approach, our strategy. But brothers and sisters, beware of this reliance on the symbols of religion without taking hold of its power. St. Paul talks about this, doesn't he? In uh, his, his epistles about holding to the form of religion while denying its power. That's what the Israelites fell into here. That's what uh, the people in Jeremiah's day fell into. Oh yeah, this is the temple of the Lord. We can, we can worship here, but we can keep sinning. That's what cafeteria Catholics fall into. Let's ask the Lord for fidelity. Fidelity to His commands and to His life. Lord God, we thank You for these powerful lessons from Scripture. We thank you, Lord God, for reminding us that while we rightly treasure the various physical symbols of our faith and the various ritual practices, that at the core of holiness is union with your will. Give us that union with your will. Keep us faithful in everything, Lord God. Keep us humble. And each day may we do as Jeremiah warns and as the Lord Jesus himself said, repent of all our sins. May our society especially repent of the shedding of innocent blood, which brought such disaster to the Israelites. May we walk in newness of life and in a new culture of life. We pray for one another's intentions. Continue to show your love for us, Lord God, by answering all our prayers. And we pray now in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, thanks, friends. Stay connected with us in all the activities that we are doing, endabortion.us is where you can keep up with everything at Priest for Life. Connect with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. Bring others with you tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. 
Well, hello friends, pro-life leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life, and we are here at our headquarters with our correspondence associate and our coordinator for public outreach, Mary Stein. Many of you may have been in touch with her as you send us your comments and questions. Mary, thank you for being here. Yes, good to be here. You're still enjoying doing this service for people here at Priests for Life and answering all their pro-life questions? Yes, it's very nice. <laughs> so we have, tell us how we serve our, our audience when they have a question about abortion or the pro-life movement or how they can get more involved. Yes, so if you go to ProLifeQuestions.com, um, you can submit your questions there, um, and I'll be, you know, answering them for you. And also, it might not just be, you know, a simple question. It may be, you know, having more of a conversation with me, um, especially if you want to get involved. You know, we might talk about, you know, what your vocation in life right now is. You know, if you're a mother or, you know, if you're a full-time worker, it's going to look different for everyone. Um, so, mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of information we have at Preach for Life, you help people to find it. Even those who navigate our website, there's so much there mm -hmm. that sometimes a little email to you or a question on that page will help them get to the resource more quickly. Yes. And uh, we can also recommend, based on what they're asking or what they're trying to do, uh, what the best resources are. Books, brochures, you're always sending them out. Videos, you're pointing them to. Training videos, a lot of material. So thanks for navigating all that and helping people find it quickly and uh, continue the good work. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so friends, again, ProLifeQuestions.com. Go there with any and all of your questions. We also like to hear your stories about your pro-life efforts and successes or any obstacles you might face. Let us know and we'll help you to navigate that as well. God bless you. Thank you, Mary. Yes, thank and you. And thank you, all brothers and sisters. God bless. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.